0: Hello and welcome back to The Uninformed Catholic. I'm Jeremy. I'm Jid, And we're here to talk to you today about Uh,
1: Archbishop Wilton Daniel Gregory, uh, currently in Atlanta, but scheduled to move to Washington, uh, D.C. next month. Yeah, just about a month away, a little more, I think, from when we record this yeah cool. so I'll just I'm just gonna go into the bio and then jeremy will Jeremy will jump in soon. Bo, <laughs> boom uh, so uh, this was a surprising pick, to say the least, I think for a lot of people, but. It also, uh, I think once we dive into it, it might make a little more sense as to why the Pope uh, went this route. Uh, So anyway, he was born in 1947 in Chicago. He's from the south side there, and he is not born into a Catholic family. He began going to Catholic school, I think when he was around the age of six, and immediately wanted to become a priest. Uh, His parents let him convert early on. Uh, So honestly, early, early in the life seems like a pretty good rap sheet so far. Uh, he was ordained really young, 25, in 1973, and went on to get his doctorate in sacred liturgy, I believe, uh, in Rome there, and then went into his pastoral work for a little bit, uh, but was or- ordained, or Episc- Episcopal ordination, I think is what it's called, for the to so be an auxiliary bishop in Chicago. So he's been in Chicago this whole time so far. Um, that is... 1983 So he was actually only 36 uh, Which is About as young as you can get I think 35 is the limit to be a bishop Uh, He was there for another 10 years Under Bernadine So that's going to be important later on I think For us to discuss And In 93, 94, early 94 Moved to The Diocese of Belleville, Washington As the bishop Uh, From this point on he's basically Clean up crew it looks like uh, based off everything I can find, he kind of is the guy they send in after some scandal breaks out, which is, is, pretty early in Belleville, 94. Uh, but he's there until 2004. So as soon as the early 2000s hit, he's cleanup crew, uh, from what I can find, he actually does an okay job. Um, and then he gets moved in 2004 to Atlanta. I'm assuming he had a lot more cleanup there, uh, with, with the outbreak of the, the 2002 scandal. Um, and all that came prior to that, and that brings him to now. So uh, it's kind of a surprising switch, Jeremy. You have any more to say on that?
0: Um, the only thing that I have to say really is that if uh, if he's traditionally been good at diffusing bad situations, I think um, I think he's probably the best choice uh, to be going into DC right now. Um, yeah, absolutely. So I don't think he's been a huge
1: name cardinal, um, but. I mean, bishop. Sorry, archbishop now. Uh, soon it's hard to, to keep soon, track soon of those Soon to probably <laughs> soon soon to be cardinal, unless uh, Pope Francis changes that tradition. Uh,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. So he. Uh, My mom
0: will be a cardinal.
1: Great. <laughs> <laughs> That's another that weird. In, so. <laughs> That's like <laughs> never mind. We'll talk about that later. I have <laughs> a really funny thing. That <laughs> was like, uh, but yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah. So he he uh, actually seems like it's it's kind of making sense I think he'll be the first uh, african american uh archbishop of a major diocese if he gets cardinal first african uh american cardinal uh, you know here in the u s african american obviously um and so I think that that that's kind of good for uh his record or for pope francis to to kind of show that he's 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 making those strides the way he wants to uh i think jeremy said it right you know he's he's kind of a cleanup guy uh it's really weird because no i don't think anyone ever has been moved from atlanta as the archbishop Uh, i think that's a pretty interesting fact just that usually these guys go in and they stay um
0: yeah yeah. and i mean jed and i were talking about off off the mic that uh we think Pope Francis might actually be playing this one pretty smart, rather than putting somebody like uh, like Cardinal Supech over in D.C. We, I think, I think when uh, McCarrick was, uh, when all, all this was going down, we were all kind of afraid that that was going to happen.
1: Yeah, definitely, and I think that, uh, you know, obviously, I think the Pope favors Supech a little bit, but um, this is actually kind of a good play because this this is a this is an African American bishop, Archbishop, that. Grew up in Chicago under Bernadine, was a priest under, I think he was ordained before Bernadine, actually, uh, Archbishop Cardinal Cody. Um, But then when he was auxiliary bishop, obviously that was under Bernadine. And then when he moved to Belleville, Illinois, and it was the bishop there, uh, for at least um, half that time, more, a little more than half the time, his archbishop would have been Cupich. So there's, there's someone who's, who's been close to the people that, uh, uh, Pope Francis seems to, uh, prefer in his, in, in, in the U S and more of a, a lesser known player, I guess, less controversial. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's pretty, uh, pretty much it there. But I think that it's important to note he is 71 years old. He's not, you know, he's not, a, not a super young guy, not a spring chicken, he, uh, mm-hmm. and he's been cleanup crew for at least the last 20 plus 20 years, uh, ish. You know, I don't know exactly when scandal broke out in, in Belleville, but, but he's been playing cleanup. He was the head of the USCCB there for, I think, three years in the early, late 1990s, early 2000s. Um, so he's, he's used to it. And I think going, going to DC now is, is a good move on Pope, Pope Francis's part, uh, non not too controversial character at least outwardly uh we'll talk about that a little more but yeah
0: fairly fairly uh fairly neutral uh
1: in in the grand scheme of things yeah it keeps it keeps his, it keeps a low profile if nothing else uh and has some good things going for him uh, at least according to the public eye we'll talk about that too but mm-hmm. uh from pope francis's viewpoint there's a guy who goes in cleans up uh, from what i understand he actually does a does an okay job cleaning up after scandal uh We'll see how he does in D.C. That's obviously a lot of scandal to clean up. We're still wondering how Cardinal World is um, acting and saying masses there. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that's. that's, that's uh, yeah, we can talk.
0: We can talk about Cardinal World too at some point. <laughs> yeah, fun. I'd love to. He. Uh, I, I like how d- during uh, during that big that that whole thing with Cardinal World earlier, the whole McCarrick, all, all that stuff. I remember michael voris came out with something and he was reporting on it and he called it the whirlwind
1: <laughs> yeah it's wild i've actually met cardinal world a couple times i think i've met mccarrick once um know, yeah, not my proudest days uh <laughs> back anymore. then you wouldn't have known and, yeah back either. then i knew nothing <laughs> was, and you probably just like oh there's this guy in the red probably
0: a good thing you were with your parents at the time too
1: uh no it was mostly in college i was
0: in college that's you should, yeah,
1: Yeah. it doesn't matter. So anyway, this guy is 71, uh, does a good job cleaning up. Hopefully that uh, remains true. And he can at least help defuse the absurd amount of unknowing and controversy in that diocese, arguably the, the most important diocesan chair in the U.S. for the church. And um, I think Pope Francis knows that his retirement age is four years away. And he's kind of like, yeah, we'll see how he does. Hopefully his cleanup's good. If not, it's only four years. If so, I can, you know, wait a little longer. I can keep him.
0: Yeah, hopefully uh, hopefully after Pope Francis uh, sees this run its course, he doesn't decide to put somebody else in there who will do the same thing McCarrick did. Um, and like we said, we were glad that um, Cardinal Supich didn't end up there. Hey, maybe he'll end up there after uh, after this guy's out. So who knows? Yeah,
1: definitely. It's... Um, it's still a lot up in the air. it's not really given us a clear path for the next ten years. It's kind of like we'll get three and a half four years with this guy and then um we'll see what happens <laughs> depending on how the Pope does how he does <laughs> you know, there's, a, there's on a lot of factors <laughs>
0: if Pope Francis uh, lives until then
1: yeah, just so many things up in the air uh, so Jeremy, give me your take why do you any other reasons you think that that the Pope
0: Wanted him here. Is it just sort of like this chair's been open too long? Or? Yeah. So we talked about this. I mean, um, I think there there could be and and th- there there could be a level of uh, like uh, appeasement going on to the public. And I, I don't mean anything against uh, against this cardinal cardinal man. Why do we keep saying? Why do I keep saying cardinal? Why do you keep saying that? Th- this bishop. Um, but uh, we think that Pope Francis might be taking advantage of the. Uh, of how, how pervasive uh, identity politics are um, in America right now and in the West in general. Um, and I think he knows that – I mean I, we, we were already we, – we watched um, a couple of interviews um, and one of them uh, – it was just stressed how he was going to be the first uh, African-American uh, bishop over in D.C. Or,
1: no, he'll be the um, – Or what was it? If everything goes through, he will be the first U.S. Uh, or African-American cardinal.
0: African American cardinal. Yeah. Okay, and yeah. I think
1: I think he might either he's the first in an archdiocese or the first of a large archdiocese. Yeah, bishop. Which,
0: which by the I mean, which by the way, is a great thing. But we think that you know Pope Francis could be taking uh, taking advantage of the political weight behind something like that um, to kind of uh, you know uh, mitigate a lot of the backlash going on after the um, after the whole scandal with McCarrick. Um, you know, softening the blow a little bit. Um, and uh, I mean, I, th- I think that could be a, a big part of it. Um, what else were we discussing off off microphone, Jed? What what were some of the other things? Uh, so we we, said? we
1: can go a little bit into. Um, well, first off, I just want to say we are praying for him. We hope he has a good good time there, a good career, is able to kind of diffuse some of the, I mean, almost shame over the diocese there, uh, with the last couple cardinals we've had, and 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 we do want the best thing to happen that can for the church. Uh, I think it would be good to go a little more in depth into his his past history, his friends, see kind of uh, what he's about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So one of the things to note, I did say he was he was um, president of the USCCB. He was definitely on the chair in the late '90s. President of the USCCB from 2001 to 2004, uh, and he was in charge because that time is obviously like the biggest part of scandal. Uh, that we've seen in our lifetime, probably most people who will hear this have seen in their lifetime, if not all. Um, until you know, now we'll see. <laughs> uh, but he was in charge of the Dallas Charter for the protection of children and young people, uh, and I think that's important because uh, while it's really good, you know, he did a lot of good good things there. Um, the, the charter, uh, the protection, the the zero tolerance policy, everything that came with it. Uh, the the Bishops in charge of it, and I guess he was he was fully in charge at the time uh failed to include Bishops in the charter so so while he did do uh what I think is a pretty decent job back then uh and did last for quite a while, I think we're seeing a lot less scandal um failed to put him and McCarrick and Worrell and all the others on that list,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: It just made it almost impossible to to get a bishop uh, and almost impossible for a priest not to be gotten. Yeah. Um, doesn't look like Jeremy has much to say right now. <laughs> uh, he has endorsed James Martin uh, mm-hmm. is another thing that I think uh, people should be aware of. I think I saw James Martin post about it. Just so good friend, you know, getting this um yeah so that's always something to things like that will
0: always be a bit of a red flag
1: yeah that one of the the surprising red flags um maybe not so much for him but for bishop Barron, uh said he's a close mentor um and while that's not necessarily a bad thing he i mean just look at his track record he's been under uh bernardine supich um you know he's he's friends with james martin And now we have uh, Bishop Barron, who was for a long time, potentially still is, seen as a stronghold in the Catholic Church, especially with his use of media. I think a lot of people really respect him. His series Mm -hmm. on Catholicism, I haven't seen the whole thing. I've seen parts It looked really good. Uh, But in recent times, has been taking some of the more uh, more left-leaning stances with, um, what is it, Jeremy?
0: Uh, With... uh with uh, the teaching uh, that there is no salvation outside the Catholic Church, that was a big one, uh, really, really controversial, and uh, he got he took a lot of uh, he took a lot of heat for that one uh, from more traditional podcasters and um, you know people of the like. Um, and uh, I mean, it's sad because uh, you know he's very he's very highly highly renowned um, and, and was for a very long time, as Jed was saying, um, and even now. Uh, I don't even want to say sadly, but right now he's still one of the better and more orthodox bishops in America, at least of the well-known ones yeah. Yeah, of the well-known ones yeah. and you know I mean I think there are reasons for him uh, bending to the will of the world, if, if you will, or, or taking on more uh, liberal uh, public opinions anyway, like being, being more public in, in, in a like he, like he, he's expressed his opinions publicly in a more liberal way, probably because he's a lot more like he he's in the public sphere a lot more than other a other lot, bishops, a lot, yeah. and like he, he has a lot of influence because of his YouTube channel, and you know a lot of people know and love him. And I think uh, I think he just bent to the pressure of uh, of knowing that he has a lot of publicity that he had to. Um, he he may have been a little bit too careful on um and and, and like too afraid to say anything that would um, insult or upset anyone of another faith, and that would hurt his reputation with the world in the public sphere. I, th- I think uh, I think yeah. a lot of that's what happened with him.
1: Yeah, that could have been. I mean, you really see your true colors of people once they're put in a position where it could uh could affect them.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
1: and 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 that's not a good thing. So, uh yeah, I think it's also just a dangerous game even if you still really like uh Bishop Barron or and uh, and or uh Archbishop Wilton Gregory. Um there there's going to be more and more uh at least uh foreseeably more and more split between the more traditional and and conservative catholics and the more liberal catholics uh it's unfortunate we have to say that at all you know it should just be one faith and um by tying themselves together i don't think it was for the archbishop Wilton gregory who meant to do that but bishop Barron who publicly said there's a great mentor of mine one of my one of my long friend mentors and and um by tying himself to that, if there is a, if there is a big split, there's going to be one of Pope Francis's go-tos in, in DC and, and, and Bishop Barron's basically put his, put his eggs in that basket. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. So that's going to be, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it unfolds. I think there's a lot of bishops, uh, archbishops and in the U S that are kind of riding the line. Like Barron has been right in the middle, a little more Orthodox and by today's standards and, Mm -hmm. And I think, like once we start seeing a little more scandal, a little more iffy teachings, uh they're gonna have to make a choice one way or the other, and I think this could be one of those things that that causes baron to go to go the other way,
0: yeah, um I actually also think you know just kind of along the lines of uh you know Baron kind of adopting his um man, I'm sure, like like just the way that he presents his opinions publicly, I think. I, th- I think it just reminds us that we have to be careful not to put um, any of the prelates that we hold with a lot of respect on too much of a high pedestal because, um, you know, our, our faith will get shaken when, you know, when they unfortunately bend underneath the pressure of the world. And, uh, you know, I, I think we just have to be careful to make sure that we're holding fast to the faith and, you know, that, that we're like, like, yeah, that we're just not going to get too crushed if, even somebody like Cardinal Burke uh, bends where we would have hoped that he wouldn't, or something like that. You know, that would uh, be a tough one. <laughs> that would be a very bad one. That that that's you know, I'm I'm just making an extreme example here. Yeah, that's that's extreme. <laughs> but but, he, but it could happen. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, all, all I'm trying to say really is that you know it's it's God's church and you know. Um, we we just have to remember not to not to put the prelates in too high of a place of you know like uh they're they're gonna make mistakes and they're they're human and uh, you know it, it's not excusable for them to take positions that are directly contradictory to the teachings of the church but you know we have to we have to remember that uh you know they're not the be all and end all of everything even though they're the ones on the front lines that can actually fight the war in a much more influential way in the church than we can for sure a couple points
1: to that I think that's going to be a recurring theme in our podcast of mm-hmm. um, making sure that we don't put any single prelate too high on our, too high on our list and, and, and not just following single people because we like what they've done so far. Um, also,
0: I uh, lost my train of thought. Go ahead, Jeremy. Um, I was just listening to what you uh, were saying. I lost my train <laughs> of thought too. No, Jed and I are good. not very good at conducting our thought trains here
1: yeah I'm just, I mean I'm just yeah think, think about that oh well, I guess it's important to just recognize that, that we are the uninformed Catholic. I think that's what we that's the name yeah yeah,
0: and uh there'll be a little bit of a, a footnote that says we're not as uninformed as we like to pretend we are,
1: yeah, we definitely have uh more knowledge than the average Catholic uh, by far, but yeah. i I don't pretend to be the smartest or the most well informed I don't think Jeremy would either right uh and and all the information that we do have, is accessible to people if they search. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're, we're just, you know, we want to we wanna make known that we're going to be looking into these questions a lot. Um, you're uninformed, we're uninformed. No mm-hmm. one really knows the politics of the Vatican uh, except those who are in them. Uh, and we're really trying to just kind of ask the questions, figure out the answers, because right mm-hmm. now it doesn't seem like we have a... A, a strong father to lead us and give us the answers to the questions that
0: we all have burning desires for, and ultimately we want to get we want to get to a point of salvation, and we want you to get to a point of salvation. So we feel it's very important for us to um, press into these questions and answer them, and make sure that you know what we know. Just seeking truth, seeking truth. Woo. That's that would be a great name for a podcast. If anyone does hear
1: this, um, seeking truth, go do it. Start yeah. one. We'll, we'll be on it. Hit yeah, we'll, us up. Yeah, we'll be on it. Yeah. Uh, shoot. I mean, that's all I got. I just wanted to talk about it. Presumably he's going to be Cardinal. Um, and then from there, we just kind of have to see what happens. His track record has ups and downs. His friend group doesn't no, it doesn't, it doesn't make me happy uh, <laughs> based off things I've seen. It's been, you know, I mean, like I said, Father James Martin and, and then Bishop Barron was kind of a little bit of a shock, but... Uh, the other people that that tend to celebrate his his change of position uh, aren't people that I would I would put my faith in. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I th- I think that's all we got. We just wanted to give our quick take on it, give a little background. A lot of people probably don't know who he is. You know, he's not been a huge name. He's been he's been up there. I mean, yeah. he's had important positions, head of the USCCB and and archdiocese of Atlanta. These are big big spots. Uh,
0: but he hasn't been in the public sphere as much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I think, I think also, but before we, uh, sign off on this one, I think what we're, what we're probably going to do, you know, we're, we're just getting started out. This is the third podcast we've made so far. And I think that we're just going to feel it out. And we're going to think of different, different types of, you know, segments we can include in our general podcast channel. So we might have shorter ones like this where we report on, you know, uh, more more practical very tangible uh less controversial things like you know the you know which cardinals are are being elevated to you know being a cardinal i, I which bishops and you know things like that um so right now this will be like one of our shorter podcasts and i will learn how to speak better and more fluidly and uh not trip over words like that and good stuff like that and uh yeah so i mean you know, th- this will be one of the shorter ones that we do, and like I said, I, I think Jed and I will figure out because, like, a lot of channels like uh, come up with their own little, their own little shows that they do within within their channel. Like I, th- I know Michael Voris has like the Vortex, and then they have Miked Up, and then all different things like that. So yeah, you know, yeah. So we'll 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 do we'll do a variety of different things for
1: sure. Figuring it out as we go. Uh, expect some to be yeah, as short as probably fifteen twenty minutes, and some to be as long as I mean, in the future I could see hour. Yeah, hour plus depending on if we have like people with us and, and and what Pope
0: Francis does that week. Yeah, now is another episode of what the heck did Pope Francis do in the public sphere?
1: <laughs> yeah, so uh, you know, give us some advice.
0: Let us know if you like it, if you don't like it, and and that's that. Thanks for listening, and Jeremy the Ex-Missionary signing off and misspeaking. Yeah, you pray to Mary. Do that. Pray to Mary. <laughs> worship <laughs> the Pope. Don't do any of that. No. All right. <laughs> See you guys. Bye. <laughs>